0: So now can you just remind me, um, how do I pronounce your last name? Spid Close, it's Sperduto. Spaduto. Okay. Of course, cool, Spaduto. Sperduto. And yep. if not, I'll. Now how
1: do you pronounce your first name? Is it is it Tyrolin like Tyrannosaurus or Tyrolin like Tyrion?
0: Tyrolin. <laughs> Tyrolin, okay, gotcha. I, hey, I was around before Tyrion. I was cool first. That's actually, I don't know. I mean, you've got a normal, a normal, <laughs> that sounds bad, but you've got a normal first name, but having Tyrolin Pucksty <laughs> as a name has proved to be quite difficult in life. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love my name.
1: Well, it's probably nice for like when people are searching for you because then, you know, it just immediately pops up because I can't imagine you've run into many people with that name. I
0: haven't. I, because naturally I've stalked myself. I think we all do on Google every now and then.
1: <laughs> and
0: I found there are two other people in the world called Tyrolin both men. Oh, wow. Yeah. One is a German, uh, mountaineer and the other is an African-American male. And yeah, but I reckon, I don't know if it's pronounced the same. I don't know if it's Tyrolin. Maybe they are Tyrolin or Tyrolin. I don't know. (laughs) Welcome to Natural Born Aquila. I'm your host, Carolyn and and today we are joined by the lovely Benjamin Spaduto. Spaduto, Spaduto, Spaduto. I nearly got it right.
1: Close enough. <laughs> <That's not.
0: laughs> Thanks so much for joining our show today. So you were just telling me a little Thanks bit. For having me. Yeah, you were just telling me a little bit about your book, which is coming out next Tuesday, and you just got the cover, which is totally exciting. Mm. So tell me a, a little bit about what we can expect from that.
1: Uh, well it is the sequel to The Walls of Dalgorod which came out in uh, 2015 Uh, so it's kind of continuing the story it picks up about a month after the events of the end of that first book and it had kind of left things in a bit of a lurch with there was a struggle between this uh, the members of this royal family that's controlling uh, Rostakov which is this very Russian inspired uh, fantasy northern fantasy realm Uh, so We kind of left things off with the first book um, with uh, the immediate threat kind of ending, and now we're sort of picking up the pieces in the second book as uh everyone is sort of preparing for winter uh to come so winter's coming it's gonna last for oh yeah i was about to say winter's coming (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it's good you know it's gonna last for several months there's gonna be a couple months of darkness um and everyone's sort of packing up and, and getting ready for that so there's kind of a rush against the clock uh aspect to it for a lot of the characters um but then this book also takes us to a different Uh, cultural context as well uh there's a um uh kind of this northern um uh indigenous tribe that is featured in the first book uh, in this big battle scene and then the second book actually picks up with kind of a flashback to a battle scene from the first book and you get it from the other side and then so you're going to kind of see that uh that group of people kind of what motivates them and what they're into at the moment um so and it's all sort of um Basically, it's another step in everything falling apart <laughs> at the worst possible well, dude, time. Well, you
0: convinced me. I totally want to read this. This is awesome. <laughs> now, as a writer, how do you feel about writing sequels? Because for me personally, I suck at sequels because I kind of feel like once my story is finished, that's it. And even though there's that sense of familiarity and your characters are already developed when you delve into the second book... For me, I just kind of, I don't know, I struggle because I feel my character stories have already been told. How do you feel? Do you like writing a series or are you more of a standalone writer?
1: It was difficult. Um, this is... Um... It took a little while to kind of get back in the heads of a lot of those characters. And, um, I mean, I, I had written the first book where it, it could have stood alone if it wanted to, but it was also open-ended enough for the series. And there's actually a lot of stuff that got chopped out of the first book that I intended to put in the second book, and then a lot of it didn't go in the second book, so it'll eventually go in a third one, I'm imagining. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a big challenge because you're trying to figure out well, how much ground have I already covered that I need to reiterate? Um, You know, how much can I assume that people will remember about this character or what they did here or what they did there? And then kind of just trying to extend that character arc over more than one self-contained book, but still having like a lot of, you know, peaks and valleys within the, um, within the standalone book itself. So that as they're kind of on this journey over a series of books, it still feels like you're getting, um, kind of a satisfactory journey at the end of each book, because, you know, you don't want to feel like you get halfway through the book. It's like, well, wait, this is over. What, what do you mean I have to wait for book three? <laughs> you know, so the, I, I think that's the big challenge of it is kind of, you know, just trying to, to make it as engaging as you can.
0: Yeah, definitely have that cliffhanger feel without pissing off the readers too much.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and see, that's a, another thing for me. I, I'm a bit naughty. I kind of like to mess with the reader's head a little bit. So sometimes I write unconventional endings knowing that the reader will go, oh, what does that mean? You know, sometimes they, it, it's up to them to interpret it. Oh, right. I'm one of those authors. I'm, I'm a bit bad like that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you are writing your characters, do you ever feel guilt if you do anything bad to them or if something happens to them or is it more about how you want the reader to feel and mess with their heads as it were
1: that's a good question i don't know um if i've if i felt guilt with some of the stuff i've done with them because usually by the time if i'm doing something bad to someone like they they probably have it coming uh to some (laughs) extent um I, uh, now, there, there is a, another book that I've been working on over the last couple of years that I finished uh, recently that that book definitely I felt bad about some of the stuff that I did to people because it was a very, very kind of grim and gritty um, experience and just, you know, I, at times it just felt like I was heaping stuff on these people. It's like, all right, how much more can I put on you before you break? <laughs> I, I, I think it's, I, I, I think I try to put more of that on the reader. I think I, 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 I mean, i most of the time I'm able to stay fairly detached from that, from that experience.
0: In the trilogy for broken dolls, I'm writing the final book now, and there there's going to be a death of one of the main characters and I haven't written it yet. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it in a way, But I'm also just devastated, but I feel like it's the only way the story can progress. It has to happen. So I'm really sorry to anyone listening. Yes, our main character is going to die. I've turned into Game of Thrones.
1: it's fun killing off a character though <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cathartic moment because you've built up to it by that point by the time you know that the axe is gonna fall or however you know and so like by the time you get to it it's just like oh how do i make this just as emotionally impactful as i can See,
0: you do <laughs> mess with your reader as well <laughs> <laughs> so look i've been looking up some really interesting <laughs> writing facts about other authors um you know from the 1800s even and i wanted to discuss a few of their methods So we have poet Amy Lowell, Lowell, I believe her name is. She once bought a stash of 10,000 cigars claiming she needed them to help her write. 10,000 cigars. I can't even imagine 10,000 cigars. That's So this raises a lot of questions. First of all, did she plan to smoke them? That's what I want to know.
1: I want to know who carried them. Like, that's a lot.
0: <laughs> it's a lot. I'm not too sure exactly what she was writing that needed 10,000 cigars. Do, do you have a vice? Do you ever need to have, I don't know, a stash of chocolate nearby to help you write <laughs> 10,000 Easter eggs, maybe?
1: I don't know. It, it's funny that I was just thinking about this yesterday because there was a book idea that I've I'd been kicking around. And, you know, it was kind of this like sort of seedy, sort of steampunk Type story. There was going to be this this club where there's a bunch of like, musicians are up to no good. And I was sitting around in you know the parking lot before I um, uh, came home uh, from from writing. I thought, Sigh. so should I just go scope out a bunch of like really seedy clubs and like just start hanging out there? I'm not sure how that would go over <laughs> with you know the wife and kids. <laughs> You've gone. Yeah, yeah. Then. I don't want to get too deep into it. But on the other hand, it's like. Oh, no. I kinda wanna be able to get that vibe. <laughs> I mean that's the that's one of the tough things about writing fantasy, cause you know, it's like I I I can't go walk around like a you know, a primeval forest. Something. Although I did go to uh Russia last summer, which was really cool. So since since my story is so Russia-centric, it was really cool to kind of walk around, you know, a lot of those Old, uh, you know, old buildings in Moscow, and see a lot of uh, like old fortifications and stuff, and that that kind of helped get a little bit of the vibe. But
0: that's excellent. I've only uh, ever been to New Zealand, so my frame of reference for any books um, is. Practically Hobbiton from Lord of the Rings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my parents were just in uh, Australia, New Zealand a couple months ago. Actually, they went on a like a month long cruise oh. all around the country. Oh, so
0: they're on a cruise. They didn't get attacked by the copious amount of spiders. I'm guessing they were fine. They they lived to tell the story.
1: I did not hear any um, any uh, Australian beasties coming after them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my favorite thing because everyone's afraid of spiders and look, it is pretty bad. Like I see about 10 spiders a day, but I'm so used to it. I grew up with that. I even have a spider in the shower and his name is Demetrius. And you know, he's my friend. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> normal here. But, um, you no, know, we, I think though, if I went to America, it'd be more the bears. I'd be a bit worried about <laughs> <laughs> They're not as cute as they are on TV. So look, I've got another fact for us. Graham Greene, he would write 500 words a day and then stop, even in the middle of a sentence. Oh, See, wow. I couldn't do that. I couldn't... I can't even... Uh, so say if I'm reading a book and someone interrupts me, I have to finish off the sentence because I, I, it's a, a mid-thought. I'll, I'll be distracted all day if I don't finish that sentence. So I don't know how this Mr. Green did it. Do you have any particular discipline for the way you write?
1: Um, I, I try to... Um... I generally try to write about a thousand words a day. That's usually my my benchmark. I, you know, I, I can push past it if I'm really jazzed about something, um, but I try not to fall below that level. Um, you know, I know a lot of you know everyone's kind of got a different approach, but certainly for me, like I need to have that regimented routine. And um, I mean, it's it's kind of embarrassing, really. Like I, it's like I I, j- I go sit at the coffee shop and write. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't have some cool secrets, like, no, I just get in the car and I go down to the Starbucks and they all know me and they're like, oh, here, here's your coffee. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just working on my book. <laughs> There's
0: but- something so glamorous about that, you know, <laughs> because even as an author myself, I like, I am not glamorous in the slightest. Like right now I'm sitting here in my trackies and my shirt and, you know, I'm waiting for Easter. But even when I see other authors, you know, down in the coffee shop and they've got their laptop and they've got their coffee, I just go, Wow. That looks so cool. <laughs> you know, they're creating, they're writing.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, it, it's funny because like, you know, I'll see people, um, you know, usually posting stuff on Twitter or something. They'll have like all these like glamorous, like hashtag am writing stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like sitting here and it's not all that exciting. <laughs> it's not that romantic. <laughs>
0: I've I've tried so many of those pretentious uh, shots where it goes, oh, look at me, I'm riding, and it's your lovely background, and you look perfect and glamorous. And then, yeah, no, realistically, I'm in my bed, I'm in my pajamas, I've got food down my shirt. that's how you oh gosh
1: see I, I can i i have a hard time writing at my house like I, I i have to just get out there's too many distractions for me oh seriously what do you get distracted by um uh, it's TV. something shiny <laughs> i don't know, anything <laughs> it's like oh let's go see what's in the cupboard or, oh i have to make a cup of tea or it's like oh you know what i'm gonna go um i'm gonna go pluck on the guitar or i'm gonna do something you know it's like oh, i gotta anything pick up those papers right. you know yeah yeah whereas if I go somewhere and I sit down then I'm like I, I feel like I'm kind of locked in it's like all right I just I gotta, I gotta get through those thousand words And people <laughs> are watching they're good or not yeah. <laughs> I have to make sure
0: I, I have to switch off Facebook and email everything possible when I start to write because I know as soon oh, as yeah. I have that break I'm on social media which like, I don't even want to be it's just a habit
1: I have a um a little um it's a uh, like an early like Microsoft Surface uh, tablet thing that I kind of inherited from my son who didn't end up using it, and um, I uh, I keep it in airplane mode all the time. And also, it's a re- it's a it's an early one, so it's a it's a real pain in the neck to actually get online with it. And if you go online with it, it tries to update all the time, and it'll lock up, and it's just a real a real pain. So like. It's, you know, I had to have that computer that made it physically difficult for me to get online.
0: (laughs) That is perfect. I love that. (laughs) It's just riddled with traps.
1: There was somebody, I can't remember who it was, uh, some author that had a laptop and they took an, um, this is obviously before the days of Wi-Fi, they took an Ethernet cable, put super glue on it, stuck it in the port and then cut the cable. What? So that they couldn't connect the laptop to the Internet.
0: That is serious dedication, not... (laughs) To procrastinate <laughs> <laughs> all right look i got one more fact for you when dr seuss our good old favorite dr seuss when he was stuck writing his books he would go to a secret closet filled with hundreds of hats and wear them till the words came all right mm-hmm.
1: i haven't tried hats on but i have written in a closet before
0: <laughs> have you really what well, are you, Harry a, Potter?
1: <laughs> well, no. What happened was we have a fairly small house, and I have a 14-year-old son and an 11-year-old girl, and like when all four of us are here, like you you just can't get away. Like there's nowhere you can go. And um, so one day, so one day I took this tiny little table and a chair, and I I I put it in the bedroom closet in my bedroom and closed the door and started writing. And what was great was then my wife later comes in gets ready for bed, gets in bed, turns off the light. And then I turn on the light in the closet and she about went through the ceiling. <laughs> and then she
0: probably would have thought it was like, uh, you know, in monsters, Inc. ink, where they have the doors that go to different right. realms. That's what you did to her.
1: <laughs> She's also a horror movie connoisseur. So like, I'm sure she had just binge watched like three bad horror movies on Netflix. Right. <laughs> so she, I, I I'm, Amazingly, the next time I came home, like there was this nice little IKEA table shoved into the corner of the bedroom. It's like, look, I made a writing nook for you.
0: <laughs> That's so sweet. I, um, I haven't written in a closet yet, you know, give me time. But uh, I have recorded <laughs> several songs and an audiobook in there because I found um, you-, you need to have a really perfect sound when you're doing a- an audiobook or even podcasting and, you know, uh, singing a song. So I went into the pantry. And I thought, yeah, well, look, let's give it a go. And I tell you what, the sound in there was brilliant. So my recording studio is my pantry.
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. I've had a ball talking to you. I wish we could talk for a little bit longer. Yeah, this is great. Well, where can um your devoted fans and readers find you on the socials?
1: Um, well, my um, uh, there's a bunch of stuff on my website, which is www.benjaminsperduto.com. com. It's one of those moments where I wish I had a shorter name um I'm also on Twitter at at Ben Sperduto um and I also have a um I have a podcast uh that I run called a uh, 1212 project it's kind of like an ongoing role-playing podcast uh where we're trying to play 12 games over the course of 12 months um well, that so is I'm on there and yeah <laughs> it's 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 been an adventure um <laughs> literally but uh <laughs> but yeah that uh, that's it and then of course the um all the books through uh, CQ are on uh, on Amazon along with a bunch of other um, kind of short story collections and stuff that I have on there. All right, Thank you for having me.
0: Seems like the system, yeah, me beat, I'm free to sing, I'm free to write. I'm free-